Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast. I am your co-host, Small Town EP. Since the last time you saw us, the Michigan Wolverines say no coach, <laughs> no problem. And Coach Prime says he encourages fights at practice. As usual, I'm joined by your host, Mr. Heat and Five himself, live from NYC, June. And as always, let's get straight to the real in sports. Now, we saw the Bears overcome the Panthers Thursday night, 16 to 13. Tyler Bag- Bagent, I still can't pronounce that man's name. I like that kid, bro. <laughs> I like that kid too, man. I like that kid too. He's looking good. Looks like MGK himself as well. My question for you, June, should the Bears start looking to move on from the fields, from Justin Fields? Um, I think it's, I think it's, I think the Bears should do what makes the most sense in this draft coming up because right now they, they're sitting at a point where they have, two first round draft picks and those are looking to be top three picks right now. Right. So uh, um, obviously in a draft where you have a generational talent of Caleb Williams, um, you got a generational talent of Marvin Harrison jr. Who looked to be top three picks. Yeah. If you, if both of your draft picks fall into the top five, you should definitely be looking to move on to from Justin Fields and getting a quarterback who might just be a little bit more advanced, um, than Justin Fields. And it's not to say that Justin Fields, this isn't like, you know, only Justin Fields' fault as far as what's not working in Chicago. I think coaching has been a big issue. Um, This is the first year that I think they have a legit roster with some talent on it. They went and addressed certain things, got some help on defense, more weapons. But we're still seeing, you know, this, this kind of, disconnect from coaching and quarterback play and you know the Ohio State quarterback narrative thing is 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 a fair argument but when you look at a guy like CJ Stroud who just put up you know his second game-winning drive he's the only rookie quarterback to lead uh two game-winning drives in back-to-back weeks um, that's an Ohio State quarterback right there under the same system that Justin Fields played in just a little bit more advanced than Justin Fields and so yeah I think the way that the Bears are finishing off this season, and if the Panthers finish as the worst team in the in the league, of course you go and get Caleb Williams and draft a, a Marvin Harrison Jr. I think that's every Bears fan's draft. I understand that the Bears are glad to have a quarterback like Justin Fields with his athleticism and his playmaking ability, but they haven't had a Pro Bowl quarterback since Mitchell Trubisky in 2017, which was pretty weird. But uh, before 2017, 1985, and they have never had a quarterback throw for over 4,000 yards. This is something that they can change this year if they go and get a Caleb Williams, right? So, uh, yes, long answer. <laughs> hey, man, I mean, the Chicago Bears in last place. I mean, both these teams are in last place, first and foremost. Uh, Carolina tanking, from what it looks like tanking, on five on the road, one and eight on the season. Even if they do get that number one pick, guess what? As we all know, it goes right back to Chicago because of last year's draft. So that's one of the best things that Chicago did this week or this year, honestly, yeah. was win this game. <laughs> was was win this game. It's Tyler Badgen kid. I think he was talking about still living with his parents and stuff. And uh, no, and, that's uh, that's Tommy DeVito, that's Giants DeVito. quarterback. Word, word, word. But no, I, I do think that the best thing that Chicago Bears have done all season was one win this game because even if they win and Carolina continues to lose, they'll still get that number one pick, so it doesn't even matter, really. 
I do think that it is time for them to move on from Justin Fields. <clears throat> Excuse me, start looking to anyway, at the very least. It doesn't seem like a cohesive, and it doesn't seem like the chemistry is there, a cohesive match, a partnership. It doesn't seem like he's bought in, like the organization is bought in on him anymore. It really just looks like my man's a celebrity on the sideline just watching the game with a headset on. So definitely, I think it is time to move on from that, man. This morning, we'll move on. This morning or late afternoon in Germany, we did get a Colts and Pats game that we did kind of briefly touch on Thursday night before we ended. And your Indianapolis Colts came out victorious to a tune of 10 to 6. Now, I didn't catch the game per se, but the Patriots, man, it just doesn't – it. It looks worse than last year because it technically is worse than last year at this point. This is going to seem like a wild question, but it's something that I had to kind of ponder earlier. How far are we from watching a Belichick-less Patriots team, June? I think we're getting to those days. and I, But, I, but I, if, I, if they do this the right way, it should be whenever he's ready to stop coaching this team is when they should move on from him. Now... If he's given the talent of, you know, a top five quarterback, say they go and get a Drake May or so, and you're still not seeing any type of changes or, you know, you're still not seeing any improvements uh, because the Patriot way or, you know, them playing their classic style of ball, then, yeah, you, you have to make the front office decision and do what's best for the organization. But um, Mac Jones, <laughs> I mean, Mac Jones is never going to give the Patriots team the fair shot. And to go from Tom Brady to Mac Jones, you know, we're seeing exactly what we expected. We can't be too surprised as, as far as how bad they've been um, since Tom has left. But I think we'll, we'll, we'll get there soon enough. Um, it's possible that we see a Greg Popovich type of second life because Greg Popovich was about to retire. You know what I'm saying? He was, he was out the door one foot out last year. He didn't care how bad the Spurs team did. But he knew that if he got that number one pick, and they were able to draft a seven foot five French guy. He's gonna stay, and he'll rejuvenate himself and 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 coach a few more years um, to do right by the organization, a player, and to you know continue on his legacy. Now, with Bill Belichick, you know, honestly, I could care less. Like he's he's had his fair share of great moments in the league. He's done his thing. He's one of the most coveted coaches of all time, if not the best coach of all time. Um, so, you know, he, he can retire today for all I care. Uh, have a career, buddy. There it is. There it is. I, like I said, I had to think about this. It was a, really a wild thought to me because I don't remember. I mean, there hasn't been a time where I've been watching football that Belichick wasn't the Patriots coach. And obviously, we've seen historic runs, historic Super Bowl wins, dynasties built. Now, it looks like the dynasty is not slowly, kind of abruptly since, you know, Tom Brady left coming to a, a screeching halt. Oh, yeah. Um, so how far are we? I don't know. I don't think it's this year. I think the same as you do. I think it is more of a like a when he's ready, when he says, yo, I'm done. You know, the moment, what did Drake say? The moment I'm not having fun with it, I'm done with it, right? I, th I think that should be the way that they handle the situation because especially after everything that he's done for them, you know, whether it's the yeah. Belichick way, the Belichick and Brady way, the Brady, I don't care what you want to call it, but they did that. 
they did it and the organization was a part of it and it, it really was historic you can't talk about dynasties without in any sport without talking about the patriots so it should definitely be a very amicable when he's ready don't try to just push him out the door because your team you know is not performing yeah. to the expectations to the you know powerhouse super bowl you know afc east expectations that you guys are used to um show that man some respect for sure I, I can't say how far we are. I really don't know. I don't think it's this year. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see, man. The 49ers walked into Everbank Stadium today and kept sunshine out of the end zone. Trevor Lawrence, 17 for 29, 185 yards, two picks. San Francisco stood on business, scoring a tune of 34 points. 13 in the first half. 21 in the second half and just dominated as they say all three aspects special teams offense defense doesn't matter it looked like you might as well rename them the jacksonville 49ers because it seemed like they were at home today and the stadium was sold out interestingly enough uh, how'd you feel about this game i know that we talked about this we uh i posed the question if they were going to have trouble getting to lawrence obviously not as you said that they would not uh, what, what do you make about from this win other than obviously the Niners are continuing to do what the Niners are doing. I mean, not only are they continuing to do what they've started to do this season, they 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 went on a three-game skid, right? And everybody was looking at the Niners as like, okay, what's going on? You guys just lost three straight games. You lose Debo Samuel and, and can't win. McCaffrey comes back. Now they finally get DJ, uh, uh, excuse me, they finally get uh, Debo Samuel back this week and ease him in. But I think that we're seeing that when this team is fully healthy, the possibilities are endless brock purdy came back and went 19 of 26 296 yards and three touchdowns you know that's as efficient mm -hmm. as he gets um people were calling brock purdy's name because he didn't have his best player but of course when you don't have your two best guys the offense is going to take a hit when you're not you know peyton manning like this is brock purdy at the end of the day let's let's be honest I think it's more alarming for the Jaguars because I wasn't surprised that the San Francisco 49ers could come into Jacksonville and get a win. I think 34-3 wasn't how I saw it playing out. And I, I, I do agree, you know, very much of a struggle for Trevor Lawrence, only throwing for 185 yards and two interceptions there. Um, I It worries me about this Jaguars team that, they're not real yet. You know, they're still not real. And last year, they did get a playoff win, and we got to give credit where it's due. They came back after an atrocious first half, you know, come back and, and beat the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. But then we saw them compete against the Chiefs and then, you know, fumble late and lose that game in the divisional round. And it brings it back to this point of the season now where they're just – they're a good team. You know, they are a good team. But when they play elite defense – you're going to notice these struggles. And um, it's just good to see that the 49ers team as a whole was able to kind of put things back together. You know, Christian McCaffrey was not able to score, wasn't able to get 100 yards, but they were still win, uh, able to win in blowout fashion. So credit to them, credit to Coach Shanahan for having them prepared on the road uh, in a tough environment and, and getting his win. This game kind of, to me, it's very alarming the way that this happened. Obviously, like you said, the 49ers won a three-game skid, and they needed this game more than anything. If like if you would ask me which team, which one of these teams needed this win more, it was by far the 49ers. Right. But it was alarming to me because 
the way that Jacksonville just looked, I don't know, lost, like haphazard, like obviously the Niners defense had a lot to do with that. But this five game win streak that they just, you know, stopped, that they just ended. When you look back on it, I mean, they had the, Fal- the Falcons in, in London and then they stayed in London. They won that game, stayed in London, beat the Bills the following week in London. Then they beat the Colts, beat the Saints, beat the Steelers, and then they lose to the Niners. Their schedule looks about as tough as it can get after, I mean, this Titans game that's coming up next week. Then they get the Texans, which we'll talk about in a second because that's a very interesting story. Then they get the Bengals at home. They go to Cleveland. Then they get the Ravens at home. The Bucks, I don't know, Baker May, they get the Bucks. They go, they go to, uh, sorry, to Tampa Bay Christmas Eve. And the Bucks look like they're hitting stride right now, apparently. Mike Evans, another 100-yard game today, just straight balling. Finish the, finish the season at home versus the Panthers and then at Tennessee. <sighs> Bengals, Browns, Ravens. The way that they look today, I don't see them winning any three of those games. It, their schedule is tough to end the season, and it doesn't really look like, to me, they're going to hold on to that number one spot in the AFC South for much longer. Which brings me, which brings me to the Texans. Game-winning field goal win today over the Bengals. Stroud hitting strides. Houston's above 500. June. Will Stroud lead Houston to a division title this year? I mean, I'd be a fool to say no, the way things are looking, because Joe Burrow, we, were t- we talked about him on, on Thursday, and I said, you know, Joe Burrow is back healthy. I put him in the top five. They, they made my power rankings. Um, deservedly so. I think that the Bengals are a tough team to beat in this AFC, but Houston, we got to start looking at the real. And I saw a tweet that said, Houston, not only do we have a rookie of the year, we have an MVP candidate. And you got to treat AJ Stroud as such. Um, they've got the Cardinals, they've got the Jags, the Broncos, the Jets, the Titans, and the Browns. That's a very Cake favorable water. schedule. Very, very favorable schedule for them. And all they have to do is continue doing what they've been doing. Um, we could talk about CJ Stroud week in and week out. And I, I'm not tired of doing so because I mean, he put on another uh, amazing performance today with 350 yards and a touchdown. He did throw an interception. So he threw a second of the year, but he was able to come out with a game winning drive in the clutch back to back season, back to back weeks and beat a great Cincinnati team on the road. Right. So he, he does it all. He also had a rushing touchdown. So Yes, I do think the Texans right now are going to be the favorites to win this division. And am I, is this a little bit of recency bias? Yes, but watching that Jacksonville Jaguars team play against an elite defense like today and then watching Houston go on the road and playing against not an elite defense, but a great team in the Cincinnati Bengals and going in there and being able to take that win, it, it means a lot. So uh, shout out to the Texans and and hey, I, we didn't speak on it much. I didn't bring anything up about that Colts game because it was super boring and, you know, it, it, what is worth, <laughs> nothing happened. Uh, but I, I, real quick, with that Colts game, Josh Downs, rookie, is a star. He's going to be a star. You guys are hearing, uh, you know, Zay Flowers and, and uh, all these other rookies, rightfully so, deservingly. But keep an eye on Josh Downs, rookie number one for the Colts. He's going to keep balling. Um, but those Colts are – third in the AFC South, and 
have a have a not a not the toughest schedule, not the easiest schedule. So you know, there's some winnable games there. I'll be interested to see how this shapes out. Right now, yeah, Houston's gonna Houston's looking like they're gonna win the AFC South right now. I mean, yeah, from what I just you know mentioned about Jacksonville's remaining schedule, you just mentioned Houston's remaining schedule. If Indianapolis and Houston didn't watch, you know, or are looking at those Jacksonville highlights today, like, oh, wait a second, like this this division's wide open, it's up for grabs. You piece together some wins, you piece together, you know, a couple of runs, and either one of these two teams, uh, Houston or Indianapolis, can be in first place before we know it. And huh, it, Jacksonville's on the outside looking in; they are still in first place. But it, it, like I said, it doesn't look like they're going to hold. Cincinnati was running. And I think this loss is, is a proverbial kick in the balls, as they say. Was it wasn't supposed to happen? We were in the group chat. A bunch of people took the Bengals. A bunch of people, Bengals, you know, <laughs> shitted on a lot of people's tickets today. But they are in last place still at five and four in a Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. And we'll talk about. I'll mention Pittsburgh in a little bit because they're in second place. And Mike Tomlin is just under the radar, continuing to do what he does. But I do think that Houston does win this division at this point. Uh, again, I will agree with you. It's definitely some recency bias, but they have won the last three out of four. They are two and three on the road, which, you, you know, you got you to gotta piece together some wins on the road, and this was, you know, one of those puzzle pieces for them. Yeah. But I, I, do see, I do see Houston pulling it together, winning this division. I do see the Colts moving up to second place, and I can see Jacksonville dropping down to third place, um, just like who was it? Ev said, you, you can't really trust them. Like they, they do good a lot. And, and when it matters and it, and it counts, it, it kind of, it, it, it looks bad. doesn't look good. doesn't look good at all. Yeah. We'll stay in the division with the Bengals, the Browns come back winning Baltimore today. Hell of a game. I actually watched this entire game today. Impressed by Deshaun Watson's second half performance. Obviously I think he was like 14 for 14, you know, a couple hundred yards. He, kind of just looked a different level of locked in. How locked in did you see Deshaun today in this game, Drew? <clears throat> Shit, Deshaun Watson's second half was damn near perfect. I, I, I think I sent you guys a tweet earlier, and uh, it was right here. Look at that. 14 to 14, 134 passing yards, 16 rushing yards, and a touchdown complete the comeback win on what we look at as NFL's best defense. You know what I'm saying? So uh, for them to... For them to have won this game, it shows a lot because I was still on the fence about this Browns team, if they were fluky, if they're really winning games just because of defense. But I think today against the number two team in the power rankings, or my power rankings at least, uh, they show that, listen, this is legit. Miles Garrett is the leader, right? Miles Garrett is what starts us and what gets us there. But we have enough weapons. We have enough pieces around our defense and our offense uh, that can get us wins against good teams. They're in the toughest division in the NFL. Right now, everybody in that division uh, is is uh, is in the playoffs. The top two teams, I believe, which were the Ravens and the Bengals. The Steelers. The Ravens, Ravens and the Bengals Steelers. did lose. Yeah, the Steelers got the win today. Yeah. Which I heard that the Steelers have gotten out, out, outgained in yardage. They've gotten yes. outgained in every game this season. And they're still six and three, which is pretty crazy. And I mean, hey, it's it's about winning games, not exactly how you do it. Uh, so shout out to them for that. But 
Man, this this division, bro. This division is tough, and uh, I I think I think the Browns are serious. They're just gonna have to show me a little more. You know, I'm still not all the way turned on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean, honestly, when you think about it, them being a sorry, the Browns being a half game behind Pittsburgh, it really comes down to a fumble return by T.J. Watt in Week Two. If that doesn't happen, we're looking at the Browns in second place and Baltimore in first place and, you know, so on and so forth. So I do think that they're hitting stride at the right time, winning four out of the last five. Like you said, Miles Garrett just jumping out the gym. One of the toughest divisions in the league, if not the toughest division in the league against, and they got this win against the best team, uh, the second best team in the league behind, yeah, in the AFC. Because I told you on Thursday that the Ravens look scary. And in that first half, it looked like, oh, wow. It came out I 14 guess. <laughs> A pick return, if I'm not mistaken. He threw a pick on his first pass, and and then they came, they drove down the field again. OBJ was looking, you know, he had a little, a yeah, little we moment as well. Credit to uh, Keaton Mitchell, bro, because Keaton Mitchell is clearly a special star right now, and he's not getting enough credit. So as more, more we see the Ravens play, we're going to hear about Keaton Mitchell, and I think he's going to make his mark in the playoffs this year. We just got through some four o'clock games that I know you were watching. Um, I was yeah. over here setting up. We had a game-winning field goal. You just said right in the two of, two of them. The Lions. <laughs> Listen, man, they, I don't think they can drop out of my power rankings at this point because the Lions are just legit. The season. It's, it, it looks like they picked up from where they left off last season, literally. And they're seven and two, four and one on the road, four and one on the road. Four and one on the road. Very impressive. Don't care who you play, don't care how you beat them. Four and one on the road is tough. Yeah. Tough. And 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 a season and a half ago, you would have told, you know, or, or last season, you would have said, yo, the Lions, they're gonna be seven and two after, you know, after at, at week ten. I'd have been like, eh, maybe, maybe six and four, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe maybe f- or or maybe five and four, maybe, you know, four and five. I don't know. They'll they'll, they'll put up a fight, but seven and two. Goff going 333 yards, two touchdowns. Montgomery, 12 carries, 116 yards and a touchdown. I mean, the Chargers, the Chargers, the Chargers, the Chargers. Little Hat don't got enough schemes in that head, bro. I don't know what's going on with them, but they're four and five at this point, two and three at home. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Two and three at home. And the words of Coach Prime. You can't let no grown man come in your house and whoop you. I don't know where that happens. I mean, it happens in Colorado, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But you, you can't let no grown man come in your house and just whoop you, bro. Like, it, it, it's – I know it's a shootout, but it's just unserious football, like you like to say, June. Very unserious football, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I look I- – you could also make the argument that they don't have a home because <laughs> SoFi Stadium <laughs> seems to let every other team's fans cheer the loudest. But I'd like to talk about less of the Chargers and their issues and what they've got going on and more of this Lions team because it's it's real. It's real. This team is 7-2. and two. Their only losses have come against the Ravens when they got embarrassed you know, a couple weeks ago. No excuse there. But then they lost in week two against Seattle, who's a good team, won their game. Or I think they're, they're – I think Seattle's actually playing right now. One second. They're still on? 
it might be still Hold up. Right yeah, now. they're they're fifty two seconds tied yeah. up with the Commanders. So it's a good game right now, but they lost in overtime. 37-31 in another big game. And um since then they've been able to win, you know, twenty to six, thirty-four to twenty, forty-two to twenty-four, twenty to six, twenty-six fourteen. And then today they go out in the shootout. And I just think that with the coach of the year candidate they have, Dan Campbell, they've been putting up a resume that shows we can win games versus good, bad, and ugly teams, or we can win games the good way, the bad way, and the ugly way. So like this Lions team to me is going to be the team to beat outside of the Eagles, mm-hmm. the team to beat in the NFC outside of the Eagles. Cause obviously the Eagles, you know, they're still my Super Bowl favorite. They're my favorite to win the NFC. But if anybody is going to compete with that Eagles team and take them all the way, it's going to be the Lions because the Lions win on defense. They win on offense and they just won tonight on special teams. So uh, you just got to count, you know, credit, credit Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator over there, been been drawing it up every single week since last year. And Jared Goff, I mean, 333 yards today. Again, he's playing football like they drafted him too. Obviously, they didn't draft him, but he was drafted as a number one overall. And this is what he's supposed to do, win games. He's sitting at 7-2 right now. And um, you could one could argue that this is a, a more complete team than the Eagles. One could argue. Hmm. Mm, I like that. I like that. I will say Dan Campbell has top two best opening hard knock speeches. It's up there with John Gruden's nightmare speech, which I think is still number one to me. The nightmare speech in the huddle is just, yeah. I'm not into making dreams. I'm into making nightmares. But his his uh, hard, hard knocks opening speech uh, was very special when he used the Metallica reference and the light at the end of the tunnel. Don't worry about that. We're we're in this right now. Be present. And all his players bought in. They're present and they're presently and currently seven and two, first in the NFC North. I want to move on to Kyler Murray's return in Arizona today, where they get a dub. Beautiful. I don't really care for it, but beautiful. Two hundred and forty nine yards, a pick and a win. It didn't look good, but like we say, a dub is a dub. Yeah, game-winning field goal. I know you were you were watching this one too. What are what are some of your your takeaways from Kyler Murray's return? Apparently, he watched some film this week. <laughs> I think you got to give credit, you know, to Kyler Murray for being able to rehab and come back in a season where the Cardinals are sitting at one and seven, or one and eight, at this point where he, you know, joins the team again and comes back into his own as that leader, right? Because the end of the day Kyler Murray got his contract but he wants the NFL to know that he's still a guy that you can trust build a franchise around you know what I'm saying be that guy for your team because I don't know how much more his future holds in Arizona he, they could get him to an Ooh. extension after his contract's up but at the same time they might feel like they want to go in another direction and if they do he wants to leave a resume that shows hey look I'm still I'm still a guy you know what I'm saying I'm still Kyler Murray I can still make plays and today he showed that yeah, it was against the Falcons, but they're four and six, and he comes back on a game-winning drive and puts his team in position to win the game. Gets a big run, throws a big pass to his tight end, and sets up a field goal to win the game. And that's what you want to see out of your quarterback. Obviously, there's a big difference in this team when Kyler Murray is a starter and when he's not. So it's good to see him back on the field. Um, and it's also good to see Desmond Ritter uh, put his team in position to 
be able to win. He, he put his team up 23-22, uh, but Falcons defense couldn't hold. So it was a good game. Shout out mm. to them. It was, it was a battle of battle of sorry teams, but if we're gonna be if we're gonna both be sorry, let's make it competitive. <laughs> Yo, speaking speaking of the Falcons and speaking of this NFC South, I didn't send this in the notes to you, but did you ever see a future where the five and five Derek Carr led New Orleans Saints would be first in the NFC South? No. Um, also, that that Saints team is is they got their own shit going on because Derek Carr going out with a shoulder injury. You know, he's also got a concussion. Michael Thomas has got an ankle or a knee injury, and then Marcus Lattimore in the fourth quarter gets carted off with an ankle. You know, everything looked bright as far as their win today, but those are literally your three more valuable players. I don't want to put Michael Thomas in that category, but three of your most valuable players, and they all go down with injuries. So, uh, you know, what what more can you say? And also, (laughs) okay, wait. So, so Michael Thomas was arrested for battery on Friday. Oh, didn't see this. So, yeah, so Catherine Terrell, ESPN staff writer, writes, uh, New Orleans wide receiver Michael Thomas was arrested on misdemeanor charges of simple battery, criminal mischief around 7 p.m. Friday. Thomas was cooperative and booked without incident. He was released from lockup around 10 p.m. Damn, 7 and 10? Not bad. Uh, he was arrested following an altercation with a man who was doing construction work on a house being built in his neighborhood. The man stated that Thomas yelled about him parking in front of the house and issued verbal threats. So it was just some two grown men having a dispute that led to physical violence and led to Saint star Michael Thomas getting arrested, which is never, you know, something you want to see there. But uh, he was able to play today. So, I mean, hey, you know, get arrested today. Go ball out on NFL Sunday tomorrow. He should have, like, got as he was getting arrested, like, you going to see me tomorrow. You going to see me. <laughs> you going to see me whipping on the Vikings tomorrow. It's pretty crazy, though. But he only had one catch. You know what I'm saying? One catch, 12 yards, nine yards. Back to doing Michael Thomas shit, so. Oh. Uh, update on that Seattle and Commanders game. Jason Myers did hit the game-winning field goal for Seattle. The Seahawks are currently five and three, second in the NFC West behind the San Francisco 49ers. Hometown boy Geno Smith from the crib. Just, you know, continuing to I don't want to say continuing, but getting it done. Doing what it doing what, what he has to do to get it done. Close game with the commanders. That division to me is one of the most top heavy divisions <laughs> in the league. When the Rams are three and six in Arizona that we just talked about is two and eight. I mean, if Seattle plays their cards right, you know what happens. You know, teams lose games they're not supposed to lose. San Francisco could lose one of those games. If Seattle keeps keeps on keeping on, as I like to say, they, they could yeah. find themselves in a very favorable position to win this division. Hey, what do you think about that? Seattle is in perfect standing with a win today. This was a very, 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 very big win today because 
everything is in front of them, right? They've still got to play the 49ers two times. And one of those games is going to be on Thursday night, 8-20, Thanksgiving night, at home against the division rivals. And that game will probably be for first place. Now, they got the Rams. They got the Seahawks. Uh, excuse me. They have the Rams. They have the 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles. So, and then the Titans. I didn't say it was easy, right? This this next five-game stretch, one, two, three, four, five, this is going to tell the season right here, you know? If you can win at least one of those games against the Seahawks, and then you have to split one between the Cowboys and the Eagles, right? So you would like to have three of those, but if you can go two and two in those tough games, you're still looking at a good end of your season because, again, you'll finish with the Titans, Steelers, and Cardinals. But losing both games to the 49ers, I think, would would put them in a situation they don't want to be in. And then uh, even if they beat the 49ers once but lose to the Eagles and Cowboys twice, you know, they, they, they've got to win their games now. So um, it was nice to see them, but it was a struggle. It was a struggle to beat the Commanders. Uh, you got to give credit to the Commanders for putting up 120 rushing yards or, you know, Brian Robinson putting up 100. Sorry, he had 120 receiving yards. I read that wrong. But they came out that way. I don't know. I, I, like I said, I, I want to see Seattle win the games that they need to late in the season. And and that'll tell what we're going to see from them going into the playoffs. I mean, I remember when seeing Seattle in the playoffs was a regular thing. And, you know, recently it was not seeing Seattle in the playoffs has been a regular thing. So I definitely would love to see. I think, I think Seattle in the playoffs is one of those teams that it's just good for football to see the Seahawks in the playoffs, yeah. personally. Yo, Josh Dobbs, man. This kid's story this year. I shouldn't even say kid. This, this young man's story this year. Being on Arizona, getting the call, not being able to find his jersey yeah. in the team store, and then getting the call, uh, going going to Minnesota, getting a call to start, not even having any snaps in practice that week, leading them to a win. A lot of hype around him. I personally will be honest. I didn't see – I don't want to say him coming out with a win this week because, of course, he played the New Orleans Saints, which – is a first place team, but it's one of those five and five first place teams that right. if they do continue, they'll they'll have a home field advantage. But it's going to be a fluke, right. and they'll probably, you know, someone will come to the Astro Durham or I forgot what it's called now. Not the ooh, damn, yeah, got me stumped. Love this kid's story. The Vikings just behind the Lions right now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's six and four. And again, this could be they're in a very favorable favorable position as well right now. The playoffs are going to be very interesting this year, from what uh, from what I'm seeing and how these divisions and races are wrapping up right now. Tonight, Sunday night, I put LOL when I sent you this note because like, who really wants to preview a Jets and a Raiders game? But I mean, there must be something to talk about. <laughs> It's, I mean, them Jets, those Jets find a way to win. You know what I'm saying? And and if they can continue to win it, they're only 4-4 four and four right now, right? We still got a long season ahead of us. They still got to play the Bills, the Dolphins twice. They still got to play the Browns, right? These are AFC teams that, and, and the Texans. And if they capitalize and get these wins, they can find themselves in a wild card. You know what I'm saying? They can find themselves as a sixth seed. So this is this is – imperative for the for the Jets tonight but it's also 
going to be a great sign to see from the Raiders because this is week two with Antonio Pierce as head coach, Max Crosby. The energy's there. They're at home. So they're, they're you know, that, that, that vibe is still circulating throughout the locker room. And you got to wonder if they're going to be able to take that energy and give it to the Jets because the Jets, as poorly as they play on offense week in, week out, you'll have flashes of Zach Wilson here and there. The running game flashes here and there. But that Raiders defensive line is going to give that offensive line a lot of trouble tonight. And if Max Crosby could just make this game hell like Micah Parsons did for Zach Wilson, it's going to be a long night. Um, I would love to see the Raiders and, win this game tonight and, and you know win it for the coach kind of thing. Uh, but more importantly, win it for themselves too because they're only at four and five, which you look at the Raiders and you don't think playoffs when you think of this team. Um, They've got the Dolphins and the Chiefs coming up. And they play the Chiefs again, you know, Christmas night. So it looks like the season's pretty much over for them. However, you still want to see them play with pride and uh, and getting back to, you know, what they do as far as as far as playing you know, that nasty brand of football. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I said last week, I was like, hey, look, New York Jets win this game and the AFC East is looking very, very, very interesting. And they ended up losing that game, obviously. Now, the Vegas Raiders have a game behind the Chargers with the same 4-5 and five record because they did lose to the Chargers earlier in the year. They win this game. Move up to second place behind Kansas City. And then the AFC West is looking very interesting as well because Los Angeles doesn't seem to be uh, – the Chargers, I should say, specifically – I mean, both these Los Angeles teams. The Chargers specifically don't seem – to be able to win games that they need to win and they <laughs> lose games they're not supposed to lose. I would like, just similar to you, I would love to see the Vegas, the Las Vegas Raiders in, to win this game. I would love to see them in the playoffs. I know your pops would probably love the same thing. Shout out to your pops. Um, I think, I think Vegas being in the playoffs, it's another one of those teams where it's like, well, I can't say Vegas because it's the Raiders. The Raiders being in the playoffs. It's good for football. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's it's a classic logo. It's it's nostalgic to see, you know, as much as I hate them. Recently, I, I haven't had to hate them, but as much as I hate them, <laughs> I, I would also like to see them um, in the playoffs. I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to play them in the playoffs because I'm not a fan of playing divisional opponents and wildcard games and in playoff matchups. And it's just it's, it's a recipe for disaster most of the time. Um, you know, either way, however the however the, the cookie crumbles, as they as they say. I do think the Raiders win this game tonight because the Jets are just. I, I think my high on Zach Wilson pause is just it it, it it was very short lived, and I don't trust him anymore. I don't care if he has sixteen hundred yards this season. It, it it you got four wins and it shows. <laughs> you got four wins, and it shows, right. You got anything that's, a else struggle, that's a struggle win versus the Giants, too, in overtime. <laughs> in the best game of the season, that's one thing I'll never forget, man. In the best game that I'll ever watch. <laughs> Perfect. Look, this was, our per this was our special, special first, not last, Sunday football-only episode. We will continue to do this throughout the season. If you tuned in, because a couple of people did tune in, shout out to Cardi that was in here, shout out to Ant, Ant the Don, that was in the comments on YouTube. Appreciate, Appreciate you all. 
appreciate you if you're listening on your streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. If you're watching live, appreciate you. As always, I'm your co-host, Small Town EP, Mr. Heat in Five, Mr. Heat in Five himself, June, your co- your host. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>